Dear listeners, Sai Ram. We now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 2nd November 2017 as part of Thursday live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Saram dear listeners and welcome to the 39th episode of Vahini Satsang. We are in the 13th chapter of Prema Vahini and like in the last 3 episodes of this program today too by bhagwan's grace we have with us professor venkatraman we also have brother aman javeri a research scholar from the department of management studies prashant nilam campus of bhagwan's university and we are going to discuss today the last segment of the 13th chapter of prema vahini and this is all about education and character development which professor venkatraman is very passionate about in the previous segment bhagwan talked about how ancient knowledge and wisdom of india is being neglected by the current generation and for two successive weeks professor venkatraman shared how it all boils down to we doing our duty well and he explained the five forms of duty and the three aspects of it in great detail so if you have missed the previous episodes you can anytime download from our website and listen at your convenience and of course do send us your feedback so with prayers at his lotus feet let's begin this session where we will discuss the last few paragraphs of chapter 13 of prema vahini So let's now listen to what Bhagwan has written in the last part of the thirteenth chapter. इका मेरा भेसन चुना दे मी, इका मेरे को सुखा में पड़ो, सृष्टि मर्मों मुतलिसी को नोटे पड़ो, शाश्वत सुखा मुक्कटे कानी प्रेरणु ले वो, दानी पायना ने दृष्टि पेटुडो, उपनिषद विद्या लनु अभेसन सुडो, कष्टा सुखा ललो उन्ननु, जीविताधार विद्या लन अभेसन चुटुंडी ब्रह्मपैन सुगुणम अभिवृद्धि तरफीदेयकमात्र अभिवृद्धि चेयु ने विद्यू लोक कल्याण हाक इद्गुणम नीति बालू बिगुलेकुटक प्रस्तुत विद्या विधान आध्यात्मिक सद्बोधन लेकुटे कारण बालू का बालिकल का स्त्री का पुषुल का पवित्रम बलम अंदम शीलमुन पाड़चेन विद्यने अलवरचुकोवे अट्ट विद्ये विद्य का अकाल संगत विद्यारथु बुर्रेर्चकोट काेक गुण विशेष परपूर्ण विकास कल पद्धति आध्यात्मिक विद्य even as one picks up various knowledge and skills to earn one's livelihood 
and goes through the vicissitudes of life one's vision must be focused on the lord permanent happiness is one not two and can be secured through the study of the upanishads the present education that seeks to improve one's intelligence but not the growth of virtues is detrimental for the welfare of mankind if the children of today do not take to cultivating virtues it is because the current educational system is bereft of spiritual instruction be it men women or children all must strive to imbibe that knowledge which will contribute to a strong beautiful and virtuous character this alone is knowledge not all and sundry information gathered from all sources and crammed into the heads of the students spiritual knowledge is that methodology which enables the complete blossoming of the unique qualities inherent in man of course as i listen to what bhagwan has written there are a couple of questions in my mind but i would first want aman to uh, ask or comment on it because you have just returned from your vacations and you have seen the world had a little bit taste of the how the world is outside and here one of the things that swami mentions is as you go through the vicissitudes of life you have to remain focused on god that is something that on which i would also want uh, 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 professor venkatraman to dwell on but first um, what what are your comments and anything that you would want more clarifications on what on what bhagwan has written well i think uh, something that comes somehow gets built into students in swami's institution you know i'm just reminded of one incident that happened a couple of years back mm-hmm. which will just maybe it's a small example of how virtues get built into swami students i had gone to one of the organizations to collect my phd data and uh, the chairman of that company didn't know about swami and uh, when he came to know that i am from satyasai university he asked me oh who's uh, is this the same sai baba who gives chains and rings to people oh so uh, <laughs> i was a little surprised but nevertheless i told him uh, yes of course but it's not about chains and rings it's much more mm. so he spent the next 3 uh, days and uh, every day he used to call me to mm. his office and he used to spend a lot of time with me and he used to ask me about swami about prashanti nilayam about our college etc etc so on the third day uh, what happened was one day before i was supposed to leave he said can you speak about sai baba to my people oh wow and i was a little surprised and i told him sir what if uh, they don't appreciate uh, baba's philosophy and he said if they don't appreciate swami's philosophy then they don't have a place in my organization oh my i was quite surprised because i felt that he has got more conviction in swami <laughs> than i had <laughs> but uh, the interesting part was i did get a chance to speak about swami and uh, i shared a little bit whatever i have learned at swami's lotus feet after the talk was over and uh, he invited me home for dinner he asked me what is your fees for the talk that you have given <laughs> so i was quite surprised and i told him sir fees for what mm. and he said uh, see every other saturday we have these sessions on leadership and whoever comes i pay them money and typically i would pay anything between 50000 to 1 lakh rupees oh. for one talk 
so you can tell me what your fees is who is which is that company you give me that so i told him sir actually i have never thought about money and whatever i have shared today is given to me free of cost why would i even think of charging money for this i mean it was such an alien concept for me he got so surprised he called his wife and he said see see this boy he has given a two hour talk question answers and he is not even asking money and then he told me are you really serious or look i'm already impressed with you so you don't need to do all this to you know <laughs> create further impression and then i told him no sir i'm very serious whatever i shared with you is what is passed on from generations in our indian culture and society mm. it's from the sages and is from my teacher my guru and i will never even think of asking money and when this incident happened i came back and i was sharing with some of my colleagues here that some of the things that we take for granted in swami's institution because of the bringing that we have had it is so alien to people outside yes and i just felt at that time that all the virtues and everything that we talk about uh, you know somehow they get built into us i don't know how it happens i mean if i would have figured it out it would have been great <laughs> but i i really am very surprised and then such things happen several times so yes that's true being born and bred in swami's institution in swami's environment it does build in lot of things in us which i think we would probably never get anywhere in the whole universe wow fantastic well you know sometime back i was uh, talking to some youngsters and uh, this youngster actually it was a skype call from the us and so this uh, teenager she said that you know we learn a lot of things in the balvikas uh, in the ssb classes and uh, so when we are in that kind of an environment you know it is okay we we practice all that at home and you know if you if you go to prashantinilam uh, we observe all the discipline and everything but you know but the school environment and the outside environment is so different nobody really you know resonates with all these kind of things that we learn here and uh, if we want to really you know practice all this then we become the odd person out there and it's so difficult we can't really you know be the is the the student that you know the balvikas teaches us to be you know it's very difficult to be uh, and you know i was just other day reading there is this um, term uh, which is now become part of oxford dictionary it's called fomo have you heard of it no no so it's called the fear of missing out oh okay so now you have this uh, tendency where you know it's it's a persuasive apprehension that uh, you know somebody else like me is having some rewarding experience uh, from which i am absent so and that's the reason why you know you always want to be connected and you always want to uh, um, keep uh, um, knowing what others are doing and you want to do the things that others are doing you know that which social media also sort of right, right. Uh, makes you do so so what is your take and after that we will definitely hear what sir has to say on how do we deal with this uh actually i have gone through this same thing and uh, let me tell you what i found out for myself which is which is true for me and it it may or may not be true for others ultimately it is our conviction in swami see i remember earlier when i used to go home from vacations uh, and uh, i used to meet my old connections you know they used to tell me you know come let's go here let's go there let's eat something and i used to tell them no no i don't want to do and you know those type i used to be a little hesitant to talk about swami and openly you know tell them that no this is not what swami expects 
but over a period of time what happened is as i stayed here i i started feeling bad about it why am i not able to openly talk about swami it's not about going and sermonizing people yes but it's about i i realized for myself i am being very honest i i realized that the only reason for that was i was not convinced about swami then came a time in my life where uh, as i used to go for my data collection and as i gave this one example there were several people who didn't know about swami and then at another organization where i went uh, you know there also they asked me to talk about swami and uh, there what happened was i was very tensed because i was thinking how do i put swami's message in a way in which people understand and you know not talk about swami but still you know somehow uh, in a clandestine way you know put swami's message and all that and then somehow it just struck to me that why am i doing this mm. i am here to talk about my experience and my conviction in swami if people believe it they believe it if they accept it they accept it i know this is what swami has told this is what is good for me and this is what i am going to do and uh, you won't believe it uh, that day instead of uh, you know just generally as if you know we speak outside i decided that i will speak as if swami is there in my presence physically Mm. and i started with the sanskrit shloka which i always chant before when swami bhagwan was physically there it's one of my favorite shlokas it's mm. from vivek chudamani mm. and i just spoke as if swami was there mm. and to my surprise i realized that i was unnecessarily perturbed that people will not listen about swami they will not accept swami in fact people were so open to receiving swami's message they were so uh, you know they were so open they were so convinced about what swami stands for and i really you know that was a moment of introspection for me that you know all this while i used to think no no let me not talk so much about swami you know let me just you know package it in such a way that you know it is convenient for people let me not behave in ways where people come to know that i am swami students this happened several years ago but i think that was a watershed moment for me personally in my life uh, that was a time when i broke away from these inhibitions which i feel yes. are not right which are not good for us yes we have to be convinced that what swami has said swami has said you should be afraid of speaking about adharma not about dharma you should be afraid of speaking about lies untruth not about swami not about god not about values or whatever swami has taught you so i think that once that conviction comes in people then i feel uh, they will be in a better position to practice what swami has said and you know stand on yes be convinced of themselves yes and then they will see themselves that the way people respond is very different from what they actually expect so yeah what you know you are apprehensive over certain things what you think probably will not work to your advantage or something Correct. is actually your strength exactly but we don't understand that unless swami puts you in that spot yes and i think that spot is required for everybody to be in at some point in their at some point some in point their, in their yeah. li- time in their lives yes wonderful sir you would like to add to anything on this topics yes i am afraid what you have said is relevant and all that what swami is supposed to be saying in the mahini and which was the words had been broadcast earlier and all that that referred to talking about the teachings knowing about the teachings but that subject got left out instead you are talking about certain things which is relevant but not in this context so we must first train ourselves in this business supposing 
Swami was not there. That is where all this earlier uh, wisdom comes into the picture. What would he do? But your point is important, and I'll come to that. There is supposing I know about Upanishads, I know about Bhagavad Gita and all that. There is a real life problem, which was sort of mentioned by Bishu with respect to somebody, yes, some young person. And it is a question of time. In the eleventh chapter, Arjuna asks, "Who are you really?" And he says, "I am time, Kala." So, in this context, I remember two statements. Actually, one appeared in the film *Gone with the Wind*. The heroine goes to the plantation, Seven Oaks. On one side, there is the boat, Seven Oaks. On the other side, time is the stuff life is made of. That means time waste is life waste. Today we have been pushed into a corner by social forces, so that we don't have much time for ourselves. And it turns out that we have sort of given our own excuses to not make time available for anything, let alone this kind of thing. And uh, thanks to the uh, this self. Now that is taking away our time. Who did anybody tell you? Did the Upanishads talk about self or something like that? <laughs> But we have come to so make use of it and blame that thing. So I am not going to find fault. And in that situation, if you live in that ambience, it becomes very difficult to talk about these things and all that. The only way you do is instead of going and giving talks, first do I know what is being talked? Do I know why it is important? Can I explain this to the people? That has a validity. Some years ago, when I was junketing, quote unquote, I went to a certain country, and I was asked to speak in a very prestigious institution. I won't mention them. And uh, I, they asked me what is the topic, and I said this is it. It was sort of taking Swami to somewhere. And, uh, I arrived after a long journey of ten hours or so. I had not eaten anything because the what they serve in the plane is not fit even for donkeys <laughs> or dogs. <laughs> anyway, that's all non-Western stuff. I had not bathed and all that. A person, a lady, wife of the host, came to the. She had diplomatic this thing credentials, so she could come right up to the place where I go through passport check, and my visa had expired. So she got me a three-day extension, and then on the way she said, "Uncle, your talk is not tomorrow; it is today. In three hours, two and a half hours from now." Oh. <laughs> they, I said nobody told me. No, no. We sent in uh, what is that called Google Hangout or uh, <laughs> I don't know hang in whatever. <laughs> hangout. <laughs> Somebody, nobody told me. Mm-hmm. This is the first time hearing. And second thing, she said, you are not supposed to talk about song. That's all. Two bombs. I, no, I think <laughs> one was not enough. I said okay. I said I will go and have a bath, shave, etc. 
then uh, she said you must eat something he said make some upma and give me some sheets of paper that's all i said so all my slides etc i kept aside and i wrote down a few points i don't know what i gave as the title i started not by saying a word about swami i just kept on talking about gandhi ji and all that at some point which is a very popular court to play everywhere <laughs> safe and then uh, along the way i mean i talked about the atom bomb the state of the country and what we need why we need peace etc etc i mentioned gandhi and partition and i talked about education importance of education i say by the way i have been uh, working with the satisai institute of higher learning which is established by sri satisai baba of india and it's a free education why it is important heavens did not come down he <laughs> talked about his water projects heavens did not come down <laughs> and then it went on then they asked questions they talked about friction between india and pakistan i said look there was partition in 1947 it was mass murder by people on both sides who had become mentally deranged blood flowed like rivers but if today you go to india or pakistan and ask a 18 year old college student what is most important for them they don't care a damn about what happened in partition they want jobs so both countries So, if only the elders don't talk about the past and make a living out of it, we can have peace. <laughs> They like all those things. Okay. So, I also said these banks, World Bank, Asian Development Bank, they give loans. It's a top-down approach, bureaucratic approach. Nobody asks the people below, what is it that they want? You give them what they want. So, Sai Baba introduced bottom-up. the top down and bottom up go past each other he made sure they meet meet each other and i mentioned many examples and all that they had laid out a lot of food there of course part of it was vegetarian for my sake they all ate and went i just was hanging around and an elderly gentleman came and met me he was a japanese and he was quite old and he was a senior man in that institution he said i liked your talk very much i have looked through world war 2 i have seen the effect of the atom bomb and what devastation causes and he spent half an hour talking to me so it is a question of not quoting the upanishad nothing but wisdom in action that is what it is so the way i talked about sai baba in passing is we can quote the scriptures devil is better than us in doing that but what is the take home lesson for me today the real purpose of reference to the upanishads and all that is can i give some guideline to somebody it happened to me just this morning a certain gentleman after experience in many places came here so he was put on the hold he had not got his uh, id card and this and that there was a lot of bureaucracy so i told him if you come here you will be roasted alive that is your <laughs> okay if you don't want that no problem you, you can go wherever you want 
No, sir, this, that. I've been, I'm feeling upset, this, that. I said, nobody ask you. This is the way it is. I told him this all happened. No, for you I'll work on it. I said, I don't for me and all that. I asked for your help to the trust office and I said, he will help me. I'm alone. I'm not able to run around to do so many things. I know technology. I'll go and solve those problems. But there is a lot of administrative navigation. This man has a lot of experience and all that. But it went into some labyrinth and it got lost there. So nothing is happening. I feel hurt. I've never been treated before. He says, it's all scraping your ego. No, sir, I'm not ego and all that. <laughs> and I said, left it at that. Finally, I found out what was happening. So I arranged, tomorrow you go and meet that man. That man will give you an ID card or something. What I'm trying to say is, they imagine a world and they want that to happen. And that is not going to happen in this world. And uh, therefore, how can I prepare them for that? That is the whole important thing. Now, and therefore, whenever I read anything, I try to map it on to the real world. How do I explain it in terms of the real world? And that Swami has done in many places. So I must arm myself with that and go and talk to another person. And this becomes necessary because there are many people who trash Bhagavad Gita. For the simple reason, Krishna talked about the Varna system. The Varna system should not be explained the way it is done in the Bhagavad Gita. In the sense, he talks about Brahmins, uh, Chatriyas, uh, Vaishyas and Sudras. That is a literal translation. So when people come to me, I just don't talk about Krishna. I said, look, in all societies, there was stratification. Initially, that came because of aptitude. Some became hunters, some went into farming, some went into other activities and so on and so forth, carpentry and all. And then, it became what I would call hereditary. In, even in England, you have iron smith, yes. the goldsmith, these are professional yes, names. Yes. And that becomes the family name and so on. And uh, they learnt at the feet of the father. And in India also it was the same. Uh, they made very good musical instruments. It was purely intuitive. They know what to do and all that. And the son will get thrashed and by the time his father dies, he can take over. So this is the way their knowledge was passed from generation to generation. But in all this process, there is always an aberration that comes into the picture. Some fellows want monopoly. So in the case of the Hindu society, the Brahmins wanted monopoly. Right. And that is why Buddha came as an antidote. So you know all that history. It happens in every society. Somebody becomes selfish. Some group it's not a question of selfish. Everybody is selfish. There is not a person who is without selfishness and self-interest. But the point is, he uses it to acquire power and mm. control. Mm. It is the power. Mm. I don't care if X is selfish. But if he has the power to control me mm. in every way, then that is dangerous. Mm. It comes through as tyrannical uh, kings 
tyrannical dictators mm. and even in a so called democracy it can happen yes sir there is a judge uh, named brandeis and uh, since you did, you did mba didn't you yes sir so you must listen to this he wrote he was a supreme court judge a lot of things not right about him but he did write one thing democracy and capitalism cannot exist coexist if you have capitalism you cannot have democracy <laughs> if you have democracy <laughs> capitalism has no place today in all the countries we want to have both and sure enough there is a lot of exploitation and all that mm. and then the other thing about swami's teaching which is very unique is and there i will stop so that we can carry the discussion you talked about uh, talking ill of adharma somewhere along the line you noted down don't talk <laughs> about adharma no he said no, no. that why should be afraid when you're talking only about dharma no no he said don't talk about adharma no 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 i didn't say that sir i noted it down sir, immediately uh, sir uh, i what i was saying was uh, i have read somewhere where swami has told that you yeah. should be afraid of talking about adharma uh-huh. you should not be afraid of talking, talking about, about dharma, dharma. Yeah. that is what why I, should you be afraid of talking about adharma no no meaning uh, that's uh, my question okay propagating yeah. adharma no, is a sin no, no, which you should refrain from when i that talk about adharma i am not propagating adharma correct sir there so correct. you have to be very careful about yes, your correct, words correct correct in fact you have to talk about adharma point out its deficiencies that is correct sir. and uh, that is the more important thing mm. yes sir so i think we have to pay attention to the substantive part and uh, one f- uh, what i would call rider to that is i may just a talker and what fraction of it do i observe if for example i ask anybody to say don't touch the cell phone for 3 days they will say do i rather die and <laughs> jump into <laughs> well than do this okay so that it is so we have to contextualize contemporaneous and then remove the trappings of our social system yes, because sir. once you talk about injustice yes okay uh, fleecing greed Yes, that doesn't have any color, no race, nothing. It is beyond all these things. That is where the fight starts. The mind of a black man is no different from the white of a mind of a white man, right? Because ultimately, it's at a conceptual level. So that is something we have to keep in mind. I'm sorry, it took a long time, but then I got my say rather late. <laughs> sir, one uh, question I had. Now sir. we can ask short questions. Yes. yes. Sir, you talked about how we can map on the teachings of the Upanishad to contemporary issues, sir, mm-hmm. and explain it in ways which are yes. understandable in the context. Sir, can you uh, share with all of us, sir, how one can go about developing that aptitude of reading the scriptures, reading Swami's teachings? and then trying to put them in the context for oneself and if needed for others yeah but that's a very long and patient struggle <laughs> i don't do it as a one to one i read half a dozen things said so suppose some uh, some how does it refer to today's world there is a famous story about it's concerns a professor in the london school of economics there was a problem with the price of fish and fish was not selling uh, there is a dumping and so the mm-hmm. sales prices uh, price of fish had gone down 
So, in England, they buy fish and chips. So, professor came and gave her a long lecture on economics. And the lady who was selling fish said, but professor, what has that got to do with the price of fish? <laughs> <laughs> that is a real problem. Yes. So, I have to learn how to take something and give it in a context to somebody. That comes from teaching. And I learnt that for teaching, you must read a lot. And you must read five times more than what you have to teach. And there was a f one important sentence, uh, the uh, statement made by Richard Feynman, genius. And I never forgot it. He said, you ain't understood anything unless you can teach that to a first-year student. And he said, there's only one thing I cannot teach to a first-year student, and that is electron spin because it comes from relativity. They do not study relativity. So when I really give a talk, I ask, I imagine what are all the questions they can ask me. That is one thing. So that is problem solving. Second thing is, I always ask people, ask me questions. And I to encourage them and say, there are no stupid questions, there are only stupid answers. <laughs> <laughs> When they ask questions, it opens my eyes uh, uh, and thinking. And you did, do get uh, caught in such situations. If you want, I can give one example. I went to a place where they had my, made my book, Conversation Between God and Man, as a textbook for st study circles. So I was told all the devotees here are going to discuss your book. So I was, uh, uh, I was supposed to answer questions. So the man who was conducting uh, the discussion said, who wants to ask the first question? So one lady put up. And she said, my question is this. If a man is very poor, his children are starving and are about to die, I don't think it's a crime if he goes and steals bread. What do you say, sir? I said, is it your view about that it's not adharma or something else? No, that is my view. I said, if it is your view, I cannot contest it. This is a free world. Anybody can say what they want. <laughs> I can say this is right. You can say that's right. You can go on arguing till the cows come home as the saying goes. However, if both of us agree that this law of dharma is not made by either you or me, but is ordained at a much higher level, then my job is to follow the rules and make sure I follow the rules properly. Your job also is to make to follow those rules properly. When we play a game, there are rules. We are supposed to follow rules. I mean, you are not supposed to cheat. These days, those things are also happening. But the principle is, there are rules laid down and you follow them. In the legal system, the rules are laid down by the constitution and the laws of the land. Sometimes the laws of the land violate the constitution and the court strikes it down. Yes. So, moment you say there is a dharma that is not laid down by me and you, both of us have the same rules. If you accept that, I can answer your question. So, at least there was an understanding that. What rules are we playing by? There is a small incident which happened many, many years ago. Australia 
cricket team went to west indies on the way back they decided to stop in new york for 2 3 days and then they came to england and all that at that time don bradman was the captain of australian team so he said it is wonderful to be in new york nobody recognizes you <laughs> you can walk anywhere you go and just to for sake of uh, some fun they decided to have a cricket match and most of the players were uh, uh playing in america work from the west indies and the friendly match this bradman noticed some funny thing something funny rather then he went to the umpire and said the overs from one end seem to be longer than the overs in mm. over on the other end he said mm. yes that's true he said why in australia you have eight balls per over in england they have six balls per over i don't know which rule you are playing <laughs> <laughs> those days yes. it was eight balls per over so mm. the same mm. way how do i know what rules are the rules of dharma are invariant in time and space mm. they are not changeable they are eternal laws so i hope that clarifies something so what is the answer you gave sir after huh? after the other person agreed on the common rule mm. what is the answer you gave sir after i said if my job is to follow dharma if dharma is equal to god for me if i say i will not steal at some point of time god will come to my rescue mm-hmm. and there is something which i heard from swami himself on one day in thrai mm-hmm. you want to hear that yes sir yes so in thrai there was one military man he was sitting there in uniform it, it's against rules you should not do that swami asked him to speak <laughs> he said swami there is a lot of corruption this that and all that the bosses military there's plenty of corruption so some said some things and he, he kept on saying some said talk to your boss and all said some you don't understand the military he kept on saying some if i go there uh, i can be court martial and all that then say some you salute apologize say can i say and all that he kept on saying then i said some so what will happen so some uh, i'll be dismissed so what's big, big deal about that some <laughs> <laughs> i'll be on the streets i'll have no money i'll be i don't know what to do nobody will give me a job i've been dismissed from service so what's the big deal about that <laughs> 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 and then this man was rattled Thomas Cooley again. Then he said, "You don't have faith in God. You mm. come and sit here and tell you faith in God. God is dharma. If you have decided to sacrifice all that for the sake of dharma, do you think dharma will keep quiet? Dharma rakshati rakshaka. Somebody will come and give you a job. That is the job of dharma." so that uh, you don't have confidence yes okay you don't get a job the puranas are full of those stories we have merely chat yes. yes. that story with anybody is ready to listen when you want to apply it it is not so and this is true of even what i call not people from here elsewhere there is a famous harikatha exponent he is no more he was very famous he was uh, inviting everywhere but then somebody complains 
your terms are very elaborate and strict he would ask for all sorts of things two sets of silk dhotis uh, anangavastram mm-hmm. and lot of cash and mm-hmm. some jewels for his wife sari and all that and they said you talk like that but you ask this he said that is different this is different bluntly <laughs> he said that <laughs> now uh, he what and he was uh, sort of counselor of the priestly tikshadar tikshadars are very high in the brahmin they don't they, in mathematics this is called separation of variables <laughs> see if you do that then you d- detract the credibility of dharma so in my life i must make sure i don't do anything that brings discredit to dharma if Thanks. i do bring discredit to the dharma that means i'm bringing discredit to the name of swami yes. that is the way i have to protect yes. my barriers so you don't have to read umpteen things and quote from here and there yes. this is the whole thing wonderful i think i mean aman gave a practical example of having that conviction i think ultimately it is you have to be convinced about uh, what you are and See, what you believe the in the conviction of the uh, about the what i call the abstract principle translates into conviction about swami because swami is a human representation of that that is what it is yes it doesn't have to be swami it could be guru mother father anything exactly so if you don't have anything else to say and you are wrapping up can i have the last word yeah please sir <laughs> we okay. have some time because we started a bit late so you can okay, you do have very yeah. good yeah. no anyway i'll stick it in and you can ask me some questions on this yeah sure so i'm putting my neck in the <laughs> noose <laughs> there this is quote, a quote from a poem by t s eliot yes who became a very fan of india and he translated the bhagavad gita and all is a poet irish poet i think and in one poem poetry he says where is the life we have lost in living mm. where is the wisdom we have lost in knowledge mm. and where is the knowledge we have lost in information mm. and today we have lost information bits and bytes <laughs> and then he says the cycle of heaven in 20 centuries written last century cycle of heaven in the in 20 centuries bring us further from god and nearer to dust this is what we have to think about we are talking about old wisdom and all that yes that must be the thought of in the context of going from the dust up this ladder we have come down the ladder very fast we have fallen down without any ladder <laughs> now yes. we have to go but uh, the same point is a chord in a song by the beatles in a very practical <laughs> and hard hitting way they say he is he is a real nowhere man sitting in his snowware land making all his nowhere plans for nobody <laughs> doesn't have a point of view knows not where he is going he is as blind as he can be just sees what he wants to see doesn't have a point of view no knows not where he is going isn't he a bit like you and me <laughs> so uh, in a way yes uh, this is a lampoon and the other is a as a cry of agony so that is what swami once said quoting ramakrishna you cry for so many people your property your share loss market collapse wagera wagera 
you cry over all these things. Have you shed one tear for dharma? That is the thing that I would like to say. Those people who are principled were always like that. Gandhiji said the same thing in British days. I I am glad he didn't live, live to see this, and I am glad he is cremated, not burn, after rolling in a grave. <laughs> he said, "Public servant." The British government uh, term for the government servant is public servant. servant. Any time you spend one rupee, think of the poorest person you know and ask what good this will do. That is uh, relevant in today's yes. world. I see so many lavish marriages, this that. and conferences where there nothing is done people give the same speeches <laughs> uh, so why why all this and it becomes very delusion i mean you just say i'm fed up i'm sick i don't want god nothing that should not come that should not come you said this is right i have nothing to do with this is the way world is that's because of you and me but what can i do can i make life better for someone else that is the question Swami, in this last segment, uh, as he's talking about education, he's he's saying how the current system of education is flawed, and it is it's not. Uh, what how, what do you understand by system of education? And, well, here, I mean, the way the education process is. I mean, we have Bhagwan. No, no, uh, you changed one word by. What okay. is the meaning of education process? Okay, now, <clears throat> if we see uh, the education system here. in our university you have the cultivation of mind body and the soul no what do you mean by system by system i mean the whole way of imparting education mm. what is being conveyed and how it is being conveyed i am afraid i don't agree with you because at the end of the day the system very quickly comes down to syllabus course exam and test if you really want to know this I will talk about something which I heard in American radio. An American teacher, school teacher, went to Japan on some program in a classroom. He was sitting in the last row, and uh, it was about uh, class seven-year-olds were there. One boy was asked to go to the board and draw a cube. He drew something horrible. and the teacher said that's a good first try let us see if we can improve it mm. she asked some boys can you help him to improve it he said something it was slightly better this went on two or three steps this teacher from america was mad so what's all this nonsense waste of time uh, if i were in america i would tell this fellow to go to hell call the brightest student and do this this didn't happen they went on doing this his bp was going up and up and then came the climax when he learnt what was happening and the teacher says see our young student has done a very good job give him an applause so he bows they bow everybody is happy that is learning together and then this fellow realized This class is not for teaching person how to draw a cube. This class was for learning together, becoming uh, you know, uh, sinking our differences, growing cooperatively because their nation nation believes in honor. Yes. Honor, dignity, national pride, and so on. When a whole nation does that, that is remarkable. So, incidentally, essentially. it means is 
Japan has embraced all the best in India without calling it by any brand name. But we talk about it and we abandon it here. That is what is worrying me. Sir, recently, uh, one of my very close friend's uh, son was to be put in the school. And, uh, you know, because we are talking about the education system and all that, uh, something very worrying uh, which he shared with me, he was not, of course, worried about it was, his fees for the first year, first standard class is going to be four and a half lakh rupees a year. And it's going to progressively increase by one lakh rupees each year. This in a metro? Yes, he's in Bombay. Mm. It's going to increase by one lakh rupees each year. And uh, I was just wondering, by the time the student finishes his studies, he's going to end up spending, you don't know how much money if you count the interest and future yes. value and all those yes. things. Also, he told me his, my friend's nephew is on in that same school. And he was telling me that he uses a calculator which he has to buy a new one every year and that calculator costs him around 20,000 rupees. I don't know what that is because when I did my engineering, we used FX991 for all four years which costed 1,500 rupees at that time. I had a slight rule which is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what really uh, you know, worried me is that a student is growing up knowing that he's spending such a huge amount for student on his doesn't know. He will eventually he will know, sir. By the time he finishes his education, yes. naturally he will know. Yes. And I'm then not too sure what's anyway. God. <laughs> no, but then once he finishes the education, what is his focus going to be? Yes. It is naturally not going to be on you know. Yeah. How do I follow dharma? It is obviously going to be on. My father has spent a crore on yes. education, and how do I recover all that money and you know put it back into the bank or no, what? But I'll ask you to turn the page and look at other side. Right here in Puttaparthi. This school cannot admit everybody. It has gone into a lottery system. Isharama school also there are problems. A lot of people, the fellow who drives, he wants to give a better future. They go to small classes. But he cannot afford. Yes, sir. He gets a salary of 8,000 rupees per month. That's all. Period. Everything included. And then he has to spend 20,000 rupees on this. At the end of that, they come to school final. Where is the job? Everywhere it's like that. There are no jobs. Uh, there are no jobs for uh, most of the things. It's happening in America. Either you do that job or do this job. Everybody flips burgers. How many people can do that? They, at least uh, the previous government was giving food stamp. They say you go and earn. You can't earn. You are banned for many reasons. Discrimination is that. So we are caught up with for social forces which we cannot control. We become victims of what yes. you call. This is a kind of what you call tyranny. There is an economic system. It favors the rich and all that. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, one day I heard a, a radio talk, the TV show, NDTV. I normally don't listen, just out of curiosity. Pranara was running the show and uh, all the fellows were there. Somebody said, why don't we import food? Country of 1.3 billion, if it goes to import food, they'll kill you with the prices, food prices. At least if I grow here, nobody can say they can. I have to import. But that uh, Americans tried with Japan. 
and there the national honor finally took over they bought the food but didn't eat it we kept it in corners we we'll eat only japanese rice <laughs> mm. that is national honor so in the name of all this fair trade all the capitalists get you by the throat there's something even worse this is nothing to do with money in the old days radio i used to listen regularly there was a program called spotlight there was a very good journalist called inder malhotra and there was a, he was talking to someone else who happened to be a doctor pediatrician you know long before the ch- child enters kindergarten it goes to preschool hmm. and before preschool there's something like pre preschool yes. then the mother has to go for interview and all yes. that and a 2 year old child has to go through interview and all that and his fellow said i'm mad as hell in a 2 year old child the brain has not fully developed this child is going to have a nervous breakdown before it has a nervous system <laughs> <laughs> and he said it with great anger what sort of a demonical society we have created in terms of competition and in korea south korea the internet addiction grew because of that no child wanted to go to school they will tell mummy i am going to school they will go to some parlor and play video games because in south korea there is a line either you are jump it or you don't so if you are above that you may go in a big job in samsung anithyam but you can be asked to go any day <laughs> if you are below it what there are no jobs absolutely no job so we have created something like this but if you look at nature there is an ecosystem everybody has a place snake has a place frog has a place tree has a place monkey has a place there is some what you call attrition and all that but there is harmony in equilibrium that's why swami said nature is a great teacher but we have thrown out nature there is no nature wherever you go uh, there is uh, only rubbish <laughs> where is the nature our nature has become like rubbish as a result so no we don't have time to think that's my worry that's my deep worry and this kind of stress if you don't do this you won't get a job uh, can should we be held to a ransom like that i think that's what that's why swami is saying that the whole whole education system has to undergo some change no, the point is at the end of the thing what is your object i will produce a robot which will be hired by hdfc or something like that so that becomes the this thing yes. one thing where at least in the old days uh, happened was that students who were near sami not all of them when they went to certain places they followed certain codes of conduct which made people impress people but at the end of the day many devotee companies hire our people they will give them one fourth the salary they will give to iim amdabad openly that fellow comes and plays the market card if you don't give me i go to your company but i think that definitely so uh, the, the, these people come swami this that swami's boys are very good but swami's boys are worth only so much <laughs> then what do you do hmm. somewhere we start wearing blinkers because it's convenient that's all that is a very something okay. but that is why he says 
if you say i don't care what you give me you put me in this situation so that i work for you yes because you are the ultimate boss yes that is what krishna says yes he, he is my servant i say i am his boss he doesn't know that mm. but you just say ha ji and you do my work yes. i will redeem you makes it very clear mat karma krit yes work for me mat paramo thinking only of me yes and do it with devotion mat bhakta that is jam on the cake yes icing on the cake yes then you will come to me he has made it very clear so the way he has personalized the abstract god the difference between you know upanishads and bhagavad gita is upanishads leaves you with an abstract god and then i can enter into all sorts of debates about that abstract god which is done in plenty what metaphysics spinoza's god spinoza's grand god and all those mm-hmm. things but if i look at swami in terms of prema not what we call love prema and vols tyaga sacrifice yes tyaga in ek amrutatma so that is what i have to learn what is it i am ready to sacrifice so i have we have to yes. go out asking yes. what is it i am going to sacrifice yes is that okay with you yeah yeah i think <laughs> uh, plenty to think and uh, definitely i kept quiet so that i could talk a lot at the end <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is uh, also there are few other things uh, on this paragraph probably will continue next time because uh, time is running out so dear listeners uh, if you also have any questions please feel free to write to us you, as always you can write to listener at radiosai.org this is the 13th chapter of prema vahini so please uh, if you have time do open the pages of this beautiful treatise on prema and uh, you might wonder where is prema that's our job to find out where is prema we will we ultimately will know that where where there is not <laughs> prema is there all over and it is the first vahini that swami has written so please uh, uh, do take time out to read and uh, contemplate and do share with us uh, your comments and your inferences your experiments uh, in practicing these tenets written painstakingly by swami thank you so much we bring this session to an end the day long thursday life and offer this at his lotus feet for this beautiful chance for giving us this opportunity to ruminate on his teachings thank you so much saram you were listening to an episode of our program wahini satsang this episode was first aired on the 2nd november 2017 as part of thursday live from prashantinilam on asia stream of radio sai global harmony This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Thank you and Sai Ram.